God and today the title of this message is gift of faith that's right gift of faith um, we're gonna find out that uh, this message is a little different from the message on faith um, because now today we're talking about the gift of faith um, this is another message in alignment with the reform series so when you hear this message it will be one of the four part messages on the reform series so I'm thrilled today to be looking at the gift of faith so let's get into the Word of God okay so you may have heard me mention this in the faith uh, message and it's that initially we are all given or gifted a measure of faith every single one of us that come to belief in the Lord Jesus that is only possible through the gift of faith that we have been given uh, Romans 12 verse 3 says for I say through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think but to think soberly according as God had dealt every man the measure of faith and I think that's a very sobering verse of scripture because I know sometimes we may look at the church and um, the establishment the, the assemblies of God and we may grade um, the different parts higher than others for for example in some people's minds the pastor may be on a threshold or or on a pedestal rather and a regular parishioner is just a regular person when the truth is it's the same faith or the gift of faith that enables either one to believe uh, and I believe it helps us not to deem anybody more important than the other but understanding that we are all in this because God has gifted us and that enables us to be able to use I don't want to say purchase because Oh, 
tells us that we can cover the scripture says the covered the most earnest gifts I believe it says so we can cover the gifts if you see a gift working in somebody you can say Lord I want I want faith like brother so-and-so or sister so-and-so there's nothing wrong with that you know I believe God will order our steps in accordance to that 
but I, be, I believe we've got to understand that that person may be operating in a gift that you look at and admire and it may be vice versa you know I, I know a brother or two that admire a particular grace on my life which I believe is a gift being revealed and they're saying boy you're really gifted in this area and I can look in their lives and I can say the same and, and I think that's important to recognize you know it's important to recognize you know that it's actually the working of God it's his purpose being revealed you know according to his grace on our lives we've all been dealt this measure and it goes the same way for for the gifts and in this instance the gift of faith so the question then becomes then how does one know they have the gift of faith okay Romans chapter 4 and verse 3 says for what said the scripture Abraham believed God and and it was counted unto him for righteousness now I think that's important to know Abraham in the instant and I believe without God's gift unto him of faith it was impossible I don't believe God just told him hey Abraham go down the road I'm going to show you something and just left him there I believe by God speaking this word to Abraham it infused him it gave him the gift of faith we talked about infusion in the message on faith but I believe it's even relative even as we talk about the gift of faith I don't believe that God just shows up God's word on God's words sorry aren't just empty words now if you believe the scripture when it says life and death are in the power of the tongue and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof if you believe that scripture and that's talking about anybody life and death is in the power of any tongue think about it the beggar on the street the businessman in his office the cashier in the store life and death is in every tongue so think about it so can you imagine
to be filled or when you eat food you you see that filled feeling you get you know that that feeling of satisfaction that feeling of nourishment I believe that faith is that substance that the Word of God is so powerful that when he speaks to us he's not speaking to this natural man mind you this natural man wants physical things when he speaks to us, his word is spirit and life. So it's it affects our spirit. It deposits something. It deposits the substance of faith in our souls. So we are nourished and we're fulfilled. And that's why you get that feeling when you hear the word of God. And you feel absolutely nothing when you don't hear it. And there is a hunger and a thirst for the word of God especially for those that are filled with the spirit of God because I believe that the spirit of God quickens the word of God so that we're able to receive his promises now I'm not trying not to go too deep with this so let's keep it on this on the surface here but what I'm saying is the word of God I'm sorry the Word of God gives us a feeling a satisfaction that even though we don't have the promise tangibly we by faith believe because of what we've heard and experienced in the spirit that we have it already so I understand Hebrews 11 and 1 to be that satisfying uh, substance of God. So we are expected to act in accordance to our level of faith and not compare each other. And I think this is important. You know, it comes back to the example that I gave earlier about us looking and admiring and if we're not careful instead of aspiring we can be envious of what God is doing by faith to your brother or sister you know and if, and we're not careful we can begin to do comparisons as if we're the same people as if we've had the same circumstance as if you know there's so many God is doing something individual and unique in each life so we shouldn't be caught up comparing. It's it's a it's a divisive trick of the devil. When we start comparing, you you can compare lives. 
when it comes to what God is doing in each life. Now, there's nothing wrong with aspiring, but understand the whole much is given, much is required. You may be looking at your brother or sister there um, triumphing in faith, but you don't know the trials and the tests they've had to overcome. Look here, it works the same way for everybody. If you want promotion, you've got to go through a test. Victories come be, um, after a war has been has been fought or waged. So there's no circumventing the system here. Time and chance happen to us all according to the word of God. We all have to be processed. So you may look at somebody after their process is done and you may aspire to that, but the truth is you don't want to put in the work, but you really don't want what they got because they have to be processed. Okay, so listen to Romans chapter 12, verse 6. It says, Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, well, the prophecy let us prophesy according to the proportion of faith. So having gifts differing according to the grace given to us. So God's grace is predetermined by God alone. He knows, in other words, God knows exactly what you can bear. He probably knows that the tests that you've been under to get where you are, I probably can't bear that for many reasons or the, or the next. Now, can I attain? Oh yeah, but the truth is, are you willing? Sometimes we can look at the polished, finished product and we can be desirous. But the truth is, we're just desiring vain glory. We're not really interested in the heart of the matter, which is relationship. You know, every the process is only um, is only valuable because of relationship. In other words, we don't value the process if we don't have relationship. In other words, you may look at a relationship that you have with somebody and you may say, I'm prepared to do this, that, or the next thing, endure this, that, or the next thing, because this relationship is valuable to me. I can see down the road that if we go through heartache, we go through pain, that it's going to make us better or not better. There are some of us that may become bitter if not for the grace of God that enables us to see the big picture okay and God knows ladies and gentlemen what you are prepared to deal with there's some of us that are saying one strike and I'm out of here there's some of us that say two there's some that say three or more but God knows your tolerance level because there is a differing grace according the gifts differ according to the grace of God so sometimes we look at this person with that gift the next person with that gift and we're wondering why maybe you're not made or built to put up what it takes to get that gift now now can God God can so if you're asking me can God make me or mold me in a way that I can attain the gift, yes. But I think the I think the beginning 
uh, journey. I, I believe the beginning. Sorry, I'm having competition here with my watch. <laughs> so it, it wants to preach the gospel also. But I believe the beginning um, stance when it comes to graduating gifts, if that's what we're, if that's the way we, um, that's the terminology we use. I believe the stance is understanding where you are and admitting that, hey, this is where I'm at. You know, seeing yourself for who you are, acknowledging your weaknesses and your strengths and understanding that I've got to grow in order to attain. If you don't see the, necess or the necessity for growth, then you won't be able to attain. But we're all, we all have different gifts and it's according to the grace of God. Okay, it's according to His grace. It's God um, um, yielding and wielding, so to speak. So although faith is a gift, the average Christian can increase their faith level. So this is basically what I'm trying to say. You may not be okay with where you are with your faith right now and I believe that's a great position from where we can grow when you understand where you are and you own it and you're honest with it and you aspire there's nothing wrong with aspiring for the kingdom of God and in the kingdom of God that's the only way you're truly gonna grow okay listen to Luke chapter 17 Verses 5 to 6, it says, And the apostle said unto the Lord, Increase our faith. And the Lord said, If ye had faith as a grain of mustard seed, ye might say unto this sycamore tree, Be thou plucked up by the root, and be thou planted in the sea, and it should obey you. So, um, it is regarded, or uh, the sycamore tree is said to be a tree that sprouts from one of the smallest seeds and uh, so what are we actually learning from that analogy between a small seed and a humongous tree well we learned that I believe that faith is the word of God that is planted and that we shouldn't we shouldn't despise small beginnings. In other words, you may aspire to have a great grand old faith, but you've got to understand that it starts somewhere. Nobody, I don't believe no one, woke up with tremendous outrageous faith they had to start somewhere maybe they were looking at somebody in an admi admiration too and they said boy that brother or that pastor really has a gift of faith on their life and i believe that inspired them to aspire and said you know i want faith like that god i want faith like that and when the test came when the process came they endured and now look at them now there's somebody else looking at them and i believe that that's how it ought to be Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. So, I believe that we should be able to look at one another as an encouragement to grow. I know I've done that throughout my life, and I still do. I look at my brothers and sisters in the Lord that are doing great things. 
that that encourage me to kick it up another notch that's the way it should work but we should understand that hey nothing happens overnight it's going to take process and time so true faith when it, when exercised is increased just like a muscle and i think one of the most powerful ways we've got to look at faith and especially our gift of faith that we've been giving we've got to look at it as a muscle in other words the the, the muscle game phrase is use it or lose it you know i don't care how big your muscles are today you go on a vacation and you don't use that muscle and whatever part of your body you're gonna lose it because muscles are made to be used and faith is made to be used listen to james chapter 2 verses 18 to 24 it says yea man say thou hast faith and i have worked show me thy faith without thy works and i will show thee my faith by my works thou believest that there was one god thou doest well the devils also believe and tremble but wilt thou know, O vain man, that faith without works is dead? Was not Abraham our father justified by works, when he had offered Isaac his son upon the altar? Seest thou how faith wrought with his works, and by works was faith made perfect? And the scripture fulfilled which saith, Abraham believed God, and it was imputed unto him for righteousness, and he was called the friend of God. Ye see then how that by works a man is justified, and not by faith alone. Now, so much, so much is happening in this passage, but I want to point out a few, I believe, nuggets that jump out to me. First of all, it says, But will thou know, O vain man, that faith without works is dead? Why is the person being called vain? Because they're looking at the end result. And I think this is something we can't miss. Naturally, as human beings, operating in our carnal nature we are impressed by what we see ain't that the truth nice jewelry nice car the list goes on and we look at the end result we don't look at the the beginning of a thing because quite frankly in most cases we can't see it and if we can't see it we don't appreciate it enough to look intently at it to see how we can achieve the end result the people that are able to look at something from the beginning and appreciate the process are the ones that appreciate the end result and they achieve it. But often, we're not naturally wired that way. Sorry to say. So, we are the vain man. We see the end result of a gift of faith and we say, Lord, I want that gift of faith now. Come on now. If you had an offer to get it now, you get it now. But the truth be told is, it takes time. It is a process. Okay. Now, another nugget. Okay, look at Abraham now. God spoke his word to him. It gave him faith to believe and leave his father's house. It was accounted unto him as righteousness because he obeyed the word of God so it was accounted unto him so his faith is accounted unto him for righteousness because listen to me without faith it's impossible to please God so if you're not right with God you're wrong with God and you're in trouble with God so Abraham's faith enabled him to receive 
uh, commendation of righteousness from God and to be considered a friend of God. You see the graduation here? So faith equals righteousness equals friend of God. So that's why it's important to use your faith. That's a graduation there. You can imagine we're all given this measure of faith, right? Your next graduation should be righteousness of God. That only comes by way of you doing what your faith was designed for you to do. And you may ask, what is that, minister? Use it. You've got to use the faith you've got to get more faith. When you do that, you become a friend of God. In other words, God can trust you now with stuff because you use what he's given you. You're not like the one with the talent that buried it, but you're like the one with the two that use it. The one with the five that use it. You use what God has given you. So I, I just want to encourage somebody today. We've all been dealt a measure of faith. And I and I believe that that's something we should be comfort, comforted in understanding. We all got something to work with. But are you prepared to work with it? Don't be so caught up by the end results of all of the faith you see around you. Understand that that started somewhere. And if you trust God with what he's given you, he will cause your faith to grow beyond your wildest dreams. Okay, so I want to encourage you with that. Have faith in God. Because he has given you a measure of faith, a gift of faith. Blessings on you.